This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean. Well, today I really want to break down some false facts or false beliefs that we have in our industry and our day-to-day lives, and I feel that they are really blocking us from changing because it kind of gives us a false premise that perhaps we've lived with some of these beliefs or facts and has really blocked our changes and we're not overly aware that they're there. I think that at the moment, this is such an important time to start really thinking about this because our world is changing. You know, I've noticed that it's been changing for a few years and obviously in the last year, in in 2020, we've had a big dramatic proof of this and with things that have kind of sideballed us with the, the pandemic and everything else that's going on in 2020. And I think it's really a time that people are starting to reflect back on you know, what is our long-held beliefs and what we might be able to do about some of them. And I think, you know, going forward, we have to actually know that our new normal is going to be more about change, more about being agile and know that we don't know what's going to come. So we need to be as agile as possible. And that means change. But before we can actually change, we need to look at some of our fundamental beliefs and premises. This is particularly important for me, as even just this morning, I had one of the beliefs that I'm actually going to go through today, which I've struggled with over time. Um, every single one of these ones I have struggled with over time, and that's why I'm talking about them and undone some of them and why I know that most of them are false facts. I actually had one sort of pointed out to me this morning that I had to then really work through in a completely different situation, which I will delve into a little later on. So a lot of the things that I'm going to outline today have developed in our industry, and I'm specifically drilling down on the tax accounting industry is where I came from. I'm in the accounting industry now, but any professional services, these have been the industry or the businesses around professional services have been around for a very long time, and a lot of the beliefs that we hold have held us in very good stead, but these need to actually start We need to start questioning them. Now, you might find some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about once you've questioned them are false for you and and to go forward, but it's really time to create the space and have a look at it. And if you think for it, you know, one of the, particularly in the accounting industry, we haven't had to go under significant change or even really question our beliefs, mainly because of, you know, tax is always going to be around and we haven't been able to shift, but at some point we would actually have to do that. So let's get down to it. Well, the first one I'm going to go through is the profit and loss statement. 
So let's think about that for a moment. I was presenting a financial literacy education program to one of my groups of accountants the other day about how to better get our clients more financial literate. And I kind of looked up and went, goodness, why do we call a profit and loss statement a profit and loss statement? Because as you know, as accountants, we can't have a profit and a loss on one statement. Yes, I know you can have comparatives. But, you know, I think this is a really good example of something that we've really looked at most of our lives and we still look at every day, but we haven't perhaps questioned it. So I think that's a really good one to start off with. So you guys have a big think about that. I would love for you to contact me or email me with your thoughts on profit and loss statements. Yes, I know that some of the standards are called now um, income expenditure statements, etc. But as a term, it is used. It's in all our zero files, ML files, everything, you know, the main statement that we actually work off is a profit and loss statement. So it's probably time that we question as to why it's called that when it's actually not possible. At best, it's a profit or loss statement. and you know, we can go through it. The balance sheet, of course, makes lots of sense because it needs to balance and the cash flow statements also make sense. But, you know, at the end of the day, why do we call a profit and loss statement a profit and loss statement when it's actually not possible? So I think that that's one of the beliefs that we should and false facts that we should, you know, perhaps have a look at it might be just a little bit too big to change. The next one that I would like to drill down on is that change of any kind, whether it be personal or business development, is a waste of time because it's not chargeable. Now, this is a bit of a tough one. I think one of the big beliefs that I think are long held, it's particularly from external people advising into our industry, is that we don't want to change or that we can't change. And I think that's an absolute false fact. And I think that the false fact that actually the belief system that actually belies it is what I've just said, that change does take time that's outside of the productive model that we're in. And whether it be change within the business from a business development sense or a personal sense, we really struggle with taking time to make time. So whether it's increasing processes, driving marketing and sales funnels to you know grow clients, because we are so in tune for our hours for dollars mentality that any kind of change that we see and the hours that it might take, we really block that. So it does come up that we think that people looking within or even ourselves go, we don't want to change or that we can't change. But it's actually that false belief that it's not worthwhile changing because we won't be rewarded for it um, because of the hours for dollar. So if we look at this a little bit further around the we don't want to change, well, If we didn't want to change, we wouldn't be spending the amounts of money that we spend on new software or, you know, we go to these events and and we see and we spend money on that or we get one-off coaches in to help us with leadership or staff development or communication or whatever. We do want to change. We wouldn't be doing that if we didn't want to change. The problem is, is no one's really showing us how to change, particularly within the system that we are. So it is a false fact that we don't want to change. And is definitely the change of any kind is a waste of time because it's not chargeable. That is a complete false fact. I have spent so much time on change, my changing and helping and personally develop myself and the businesses that I've been in over the last six years. And it has just leveraged and scaled and paid back, you know, in five or six. 
And this sort of then goes on to the obviously the scarcity mindset. Now, we really struggle with this, and that's okay, but we have to start undoing this. It is a false fact that change, because it's not chargeable, is a waste of time. It is absolutely imperative that we do it. We spend the time, and then we also push back on people saying that we don't want to change. We do. It's just that we're not quite sure how within our structures and stuff. So there's a bit to work through with that one. So the next one is is a bit of a tough one to hear, and I've been seeing more and more proof of this one in the last year, is we think that we're a relationship or trust-based businesses, and the term trusted advisor is obviously a big term that we use in our industry and that, that we have. But really, we are actually service-based businesses. So we are very much driven around what we do rather than how we make people feel or the relationships that we build. One of the key indicators to this is another false fact that underlies this one is that tax equals accounting. So I'm an accountant. I have been for 30-odd years now. And I haven't been a tax accountant or done any kind of tax myself personally for approximately the last 12 years. Some might say it's 15. It's probably more more correct, but I can't quite get over that. But every time I introduce myself as an accountant, people will ask me questions about tax. So the mindset or the belief out there is that tax equals accounting. Now, that really does, to me, indicate that our businesses or what we do is actually based on what we do rather than the relationships or the trust that we might build. Another indication of this for me just recently was, you know, I was talking to someone within my network and he was a finance broker and he was talking to me about maybe doing some joint webinars, you know, and he had some really interesting things to say. And he said to me, you know, I've recently transitioned out of a a firm that I was investing in and, you know, obviously transitioned about six years out of a more traditional firm as well. And he said, oh, well, I hear you used to own an accounting business or an accounting practice. And I said, no, I still own one. Blueprint HQ is a accounting practice. I'm a hold practicing certificates both with the IPA and the Institute of Chartered Accountants in Australia New Zealand. And I also, you know, hold PI insurance around consultancy and, you know, business advisory, and we help businesses grow and we help people keep people accountable. And that's the true definition of accounting is actually keeping people accountable. It's one of them. No definition in the dictionary says if you're an accountant, you do tax. So it's really interesting that if we think that we're really trust-based businesses, why everyone knows accountants for tax because obviously that's what we do and most business owners have accountants. Nine out of ten SMEs have a tax agent. But it's really interesting, you know, the stat that I think I've mentioned before is that the trusted advisor or the central advisor, as we like to call them, has really dropped from sort of two out of three businesses having a trusted advisor, you know, back in 2007 when I started talking about this to now only one, 16% of people have some kind of trusted advisor for their business so that people that they go to and, of course, we're still at top of the pile at about 9.8%. So one out of 10 SMEs actually have us as a trusted relationship, you know, based businesses that they go to and they have conversation with. So it's an interesting stat. And I think we need to start really getting that back. And it's a belief that we need to get, that we need to work through and find out why and how we can actually bring this fact back to make it true that we are a trustful relationship based businesses. 
Another example of this was just this morning when I was on online with a business group and, you know, one of the, it's interesting, this woman has a finance background. She's a finance banking business and she said, my accountant, I don't trust him, you know, with any, anything except the basics and, and tax stuff because he has never taken the time to really understand what my business is about. And right at the moment, she's a transformation coach and she's about to tip close to $7 million. She's in Australia. And um, she was saying, I don't trust him because he's never taken the time or he doesn't seem to be able to have the time to take to get to know me and get to know my business. So I've heard that quite a few times recently and we're also starting to see obviously shifts in clients and a lot of our firms have seen a lot, about a lot of influx of new clients because they've been getting out, they've been messaging, then they've been checking in on how they're going and they're making people feel really hurt at this time. So they, those businesses are coming, those new businesses are coming from somewhere. So it's a really super curious one and one that we do have to probably face some facts on and, you know, get back because it's my desire that doesn't, isn't a false fact, that it does become a real fact that we are relationship-based businesses and those relationship-based businesses are, you know, the hook is what we do, but the business is not actually based on what we do. So the next one, this was one that I honestly nearly ended up killing me. The harder and the longer we work, the more successful we are. So this also goes back to one of the underlying beliefs that we have and our underlying problems within our industry, and that's the hours for dollars mentality. So most of us still have either we charge by the hour or we work out what we would charge by the hour and we would charge that anyhow. We're not looking at different styles of pricing models apart from that. And that gives us this underlying belief and behavior pattern that needs to get done. And this is one of them. The harder and the longer we work, the more successful we are. Another thing that proves this point is how we move people from employees into ownership. Normally, that is most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, that is people who've been there for quite a while. And they've done the time. They might not necessarily perform. They might not have business mindset, etc. But they get there because they're, they're A, they're an accountant, and B, they're going to work full time. And C, they've been with us for a while. We trust them. So the longer you're there, if you stick it in, you're more than likely to, to be the perceived success. And there's another few things here. So there's the dollar for hours that drives the harder longer. But then also what we define as success, and I always defined success up to about six or seven years ago as being a partner in a practice. That was always my goal to go there when I was actually working in the industry or be a business owner, as I, I did achieve that early on with the tree business. But when I came back into industry, it was always my thing to be an owner or to be a partner. Now, when you have a measurement of success just on that and it is around productivity and it's around the hours that you charge and it's around the longer that you've been there, that kind of just, you are successful in that definition. But we've got to be start looking at what is successful because this also goes back to what we're talking about with the relationship businesses. People, our clients are looking to us. If As business owners, it was the one of the book, the lady I was talking to earlier, she also looks at her accountant and goes, well, he's working beat hours. He's always too busy to return my call. That's not success for me. So I, I only want to sort of trust him with the bare minimum. So we need to start defining out what successful it is because it's this false fact or this belief 
that is really contributing also to some of the astonishingly bad health stats and everything coming out. I know that when I came out of that big partnership, I was 25 kilos heavier than I am now. I wasn't healthy. I wasn't happy. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And I thought that that would all go away once I sort of removed the stress. But, you know, I had to really start redefining what success looks like for me. And then, you know, I got, I had some more time and I had some more space. I was able to grow other businesses and, but in a different way. And that was a long journey for me. But it was really hinged around this belief of the harder we work, the more successful we are. Cause I had obviously linked success into being a partner. Now that still should be, you know, an indication of success for you, but there's a whole lot of other things that you need to look at within that. And sometimes success might not be what you think it is for you. So you need to spend time to actually look at that. I think this is also going back to the health situation is that we are seeing a lot of mental health issues within our industry and I'm super worried about it and suicides are three times, well, I think we're third now on the list of professional services as far as suicide and the stats coming out, you know, recently with what's happening with COVID and 75% of those people are men as well. So we need to really look at this and redefine successes and maybe get over the harder longer. It's, you know, very much a lot of business owners and our clients too are struggling with this and the harder versus smarter way of thinking or the scarcity versus abundance mindset as well. Time and money is scarce. You know, we, we think it's scarce, but, you know, spending the time and actually working in a different way could help us dissolve this false fact, which I think at the end of the day is very bad for our health as well as our success and how we might define it. Another issue with that one too is because people are looking at what success looks like in our business and what and businesses and a lot of the new generation of accountants coming in or people who are studying and want to are looking at our leaders and going, well, perhaps I don't want to look like that. Perhaps I don't want to be like that. I want to work more flexible. I want to work, you know, different styles of businesses and maybe money's not the driving factor. So we need to look at this because we have to attract more people into our industry. It's such an important industry. Accounting is super important. And I think that that's also one of the results of, of that false fact. So the last one is the one that I actually struggled with this morning. I've left it to last for that reason. And I think it does go back to the previous one I was talking about, about working harder and longer, but that we have to do it all ourselves, that it has to be about us. And there's three areas here. Like I don't trust anyone else to get new clients. I don't trust that a marketing system or a funnel system will generate new leads. Now, I specifically mentioned that one because we're going into the more online education platforms and, you know, the marketing and the funnel building, which is just so totally foreign for me. And this belief was still, this false belief was still getting in my way a little bit, even though we've worked, you know, I've worked a long time to try to actually, you know, understand that I don't have to do it all myself. The next one is I need to be doing all the work, even if it's new styles of work. So this is when, you know, when we start working with firms, I see all the time, it was when I was I actually got over fairly early, but still struggling with it a little bit, particularly with the consulting area in, in our business right now, is that you don't have to do it all. The people can adjust the skill. And if you've got the right systems in the process of training people and you trust that and you want that repeated, we don't have to do all of the work. 
And then we see it a lot in clients who want who have tax accountants who are fabulous at what they do and they want to do business advisory, CFO, different things, and they all want to do all of the work themselves. We can't and we don't actually have to do. So any new styles of people, and we've seen a great example of where that's worked recently with a client who bought in a lady who had owned her businesses and stuff and she's doing the investigates and the strategy work with clients now and she's killing it. And I've never seen a firm grow so fast, particularly around the first stage of our client engagements, which is the investigate pieces. So she's just sitting down and doing them and getting all of this work because she had the skill. She's been a different styles of businesses herself. She really has an understanding and empathy. She is not an expert when it comes to actually doing tax cash flow or anything like that, but she has an absolute ability to find the gaps and get people to define what their successes is because she's done it herself. So the three partners in that struggled with that decision for a while, and I thank God that they trusted me in saying, this is really cool, this lady will be able to do this. It wasn't only that, but by then not doing that work, we are able to grow a lot faster. So that's a really important one that there's a subcategory. And the next one is that I need underneath, I have to do it all myself, is I need to do all aspects of my business. I am the expert, so I need to control it. And you'll see partners, and I used to do this as well, you know, we'll try to do the marketing ourselves, we'll try to do the HR ourselves, we'll try to definitely try to do the financial side, which is probably fair enough, you can keep that. But you don't have, we can't do it all. We just can't do it all. You can if you want to keep small, a small style of business, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you've gone and defined success and you want to have a business that's just you and maybe one other and you want to be very specific and clear on what that is. But at the end of the day, this belief that we have to do it all ourselves has been instilled in us mainly for the dollar to hours, you know, going forward. And it is definitely a false fact. I've proved this one again and again, and I had it proven to me again this morning. And that's an unfortunate thing, guys, is that the more you change, the more you develop, and the more you really work on yourself, you realize that, that these things do come back. It's not a one stun. So you might not, you might work through that belief once. You have to keep doing it and keep doing it and it becomes more and more valuable as time goes on. So that's it, it for the day. Just quickly summarizing some of the beliefs that I feel that are blocking us going forward into the future that have held us in great stead up to now. And all I'm asking you to do is question them. You might come and turn around and say, no, that, that's okay for me. I'd be super curious to hear your thoughts on it, thoughts on these. Always happy to have that 20-minute call. Would love some feedback on this one in particular. If I could get it either via email, sam at blueprinthq.com.au, you know, really trying to get a feeling on, on how people are feeling about some of the beliefs that I'm talking about here today and see how we might be able to help more or just um, have a chat about it. And then also email me, jump on the website and either book a 20-minute call so I can talk. would love to get your feedback on some of the beliefs that I work through, how you're feeling about it. I'm always wanting to talk to people directly about these, particularly these beliefs, or just send me an email, sam at blueprinthq.com. .au, always loving to hear. So just a quick summary of what they were again. One, profit and loss statement. Why do we call it that? Two, the change of any kind, whether it be personal or business development, is a waste of time because it's not chargeable. Three, we think that we're in relationship or trust-based businesses when really 
we're in a service-based industry and most of that's around tax. Four, the harder and longer we work, the more successful we are. And the last one, we have to do everything ourselves. Anyhow, as usual, please stay brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.